Hi, welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. My guest today is Louise Lewis. She's a qualified nutritionist helping stressed out, frazzled women, I'm raising my hand here, you can't see me, uh, to restore their energy and reclaim their calm by balancing their hormones, gut health and nutrition. Uh, She's got a four-step de-stress method, which I'm hoping she'll talk a little bit to us about in a minute, uh, to get to the root cause of how they're feeling and bring things back into balance. She'll talk a little bit today about how she herself struggled with stress and burnout and is now passionate about spreading the word that you can recover. So welcome to the podcast, Louise. Hi, Emma. Thanks so much for having me. Really happy to be here. Now, we have to kick kick this off uh, with a a sort of a confession and an apology on my part, which is the irony is not lost on me that uh, actually we we had to cancel the first recording (laughs) that we'd planned to do because I was trying to do too much and fit too much in and I had two children off school because of covid and too many things going on so so yeah kind of apologies from me but I think as we said it's important that we we're honest about those days when just one more thing can kind of tip us over the edge and that that we have to recognize ourselves when when we're doing too much and sort of learn to say no yeah absolutely and I think it's so easy to not recognize that like if you don't even recognize it in the first place, you can't get the stress or potential burnout under control because you don't even know that you're doing too much in the first place. Sometimes, you know, but sometimes you just don't even realize that you think that's normal to have that that crazy busy busyness yeah. going on. We're so, so used to it. Yeah. <laughs> We've trained ourselves. Yeah, trained yeah. ourselves well. Yeah. yeah. So it was yeah, it was great when you said let's reschedule. I thought, yes, I, I believe in that. Let's put ourselves first. Absolutely. But you haven't always been doing what you do now. Um, so talk to us talk a little bit about your kind of journey to, to what you do now mm. and, and sort of how you used your own experiences to inform the sort of the practice and that you're offering now for, for other women. Yeah, sure. So it has been a really long journey. I probably started this whole journey to being a qualified nutritionist in 2013 maybe <laughs> 2012 13 I used to work in publishing um, which is sort of how we know each other indirectly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was I was with the company that I was with gosh about 14 years in the end really loved working for that company loved everything you know I liked the team I liked the work you know I didn't dislike anything about it it wasn't a crazy corporate soul-sucking <laughs> job it was a really lovely company but there was there was something I don't even know what it was even now but there was something that pulled me was pulling me in a different direction and at first I didn't even know what that was and I, I used a blog I had a, a different blog back then not one I have now um, to kind of explore my passions and you know it what you know where I might want to go And so I blogged about fitness, nutrition, yoga, mental health. I struggled with and still struggle with anxiety now. So I blogged a lot about all these different random themes. And it did sort of lead me down the nutrition path in the end. And I ended up retraining. So I did a three-year diploma in 2014 to 17 to retrain as a qualified nutritionist. Now, (laughs) the thing was, I did this alongside my full-time job I was going to ask if you if you were trying to sort of squeeze that into the margins I of, of a, your existing yeah and that's ultimately where the burnout came in so I can now recognize I did have a burnout in 
oh my goodness, ages ago, 2007, maybe like my first job out of uni, out of my first degree, I worked in central London and I commuted from my parents' house in Windsor. Um, and it was a two hour trip there and a two hour trip home. And I can recognize now that I wasn't in a great place. I had panic attacks. Um, I just wasn't in a very good place. I didn't really know anything about um, looking after my well-being through natural ways. You know, I didn't know anything like that. It wasn't on my radar at all. So I can recognize that now. But then in 2017, I knew that <laughs> by the end, I knew I was burning out. Ironically, didn't recognize the signs as I was going through the the stress of the retraining with the full-time job. We were also planning our wedding at the time. So we got married in 2017 as well. One too um, many plates, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and I just like, I mean, you probably recognize this, you know, it's different. Everyone has different causes, but the feelings, you know, sometimes are similar. So I didn't have any downtime and any spare pocket of time I had was repurposed for something. So any um, 10 minutes, mm. you know, the bus or in between meetings, whatever it was, lunchtimes in my day job, I used for something. So it could have been for some study, for some life That admin. sounds familiar. I'm sure yeah. there are plenty of people listening and, and nodding along and going, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, you know, kind of five minutes while you're waiting for the kettle to boil. Yeah, what can I do? The laundry on something. or, you know, I'm going to hang out, hang it out yeah. while I'm eating my toast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> constantly multitasking exactly and that kind of you don't have any ultimately it leads to overwhelm but you don't have any time to switch off there's no time for your brain to just be so your stress hormones are all up because there's no time for them to come back down again and you have this feeling of um it's this doing mode isn't it it's doing versus being and you have this feeling of there's always something i need to do and so therefore i can't rest and that puts your body into this perpetual fight flight mode which is where I was all the time yeah so 2017 I had to just um, I graduated <laughs> I got through but I pushed to do that and you know in hindsight I should maybe have paused it taken a year out asked my employer for a part-time hours and I didn't do any of that I was just like mm. no nope, I can do it I can do it and um, like we were saying just off air Emma um, I think people people looked at me and people even said like, oh my God, Louise, how do you do that all? I can't believe you're doing your training and a job, like you're amazing. And I probably thrived off that being the uh, yeah. type A person that I am, but underneath I wasn't. I think it's coding. interesting to unpack that a bit actually. We're mm. like, I'm honing in on what you said about, you know, actually we are taught to see that as kind of achieving and <laughs> something to be, applauded mm. and to to look up to and I don't know how how did we get there that actually mm. seeing somebody be so busy and you know taking on all of those things is something to be celebrated when mm -hmm. when actually you know we <laughs> it's almost like we're all setting ourselves up for, for, for a hard time, for a bad time, but in doing that, and if only we could unravel that and actually celebrate people saying no to things and prioritising themselves. Yeah. But yeah, they, it's all very, very much tied up in this sort of our kind of productivity culture, but also that thing about, I think, particularly for women, you mm -hmm. know, we have that sort of people-pleasing, helping other people, feeling a duty, 
to say yes to things and yeah yeah, this is definitely definitely something that I am very guilty of trying to work I mean we all are and you know as I always say my story is that I was you know doing that study and and I had a full-time job but it could be anything it could be Mm. um you know as we get older we have kids we have parents that you know might need looking after we have senior jobs, we have reports, you know, all of these, uh, you know, employee reports, all of these things. Um, and it's that kind of superwoman complex, isn't it? Where we think that I we should have to be do it to all. Do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not, I, I would never let anyone help me. Like my husband always says, don't be a martyr because I'm always like, no, I can do it. I can do it. I just need to get through this next thing and, you know, this next day and, and whatever it is. Um, and I think really we need to, to like you say prioritize our well-being a bit more and it and it's very difficult to do it's not you know it's mm. definitely not easy to do it so once you sort of recognized that burnout in in yourself what did mm. you do next so i obviously my business um was a side hustle at that point <laughs> it was in an, in its infancy so i took that i took time off of that i graduated we got married um went on honeymoon and then I just took a break from the business I was able to go part-time in my publishing role so I did eventually ask and I got four days a week so then I was able to do the business on well I did it on two days so Friday and a Saturday Mm -hmm. which was enough to get going get some clients get everything set up and I, I did that for about two or three years so instead of diving straight into the business I took two or three years I mean I only went full-time in my business last year so I took that time to try and (laughs) recover uh, my nervous system and I also saw a lot of um, I did get help so I did then see I went to the GP um, which is always where you need to start I saw a lot of complementary practitioners and one of those was a nutritionist having just trained in that obviously I knew um, a lot by that point but helping yourself is is another matter so I took myself to somebody who I trusted and and worked through some imbalances that I had ultimately in my body which I now see were triggered by the stress so the stress was the trigger and I had to get that under control and work on my mindset and and the emotional stuff but then alongside that I was able to work on these imbalances in my body that were then causing all sorts of symptoms which we can uh, we can go into um, if that's of interest yeah well maybe just pause for a second and and ask you how if we think that we're kind of we're getting close to to that sort of burnout state how can we sort of stop and I guess interrogate ourselves and figure out okay am I actually at risk of burning out here or mm. or not and I guess it's not necessarily yeah. a straightforward it's kind of black or white, black yeah. and white thing. And, you know, I think deep down we probably know, like you knew last week, that you were taking on too much. And therefore we didn't do, you know, we were going to do the podcast. And then, and then you said, let's do it later. And then you were like, no, actually, let's just not do it. <laughs> so deep down you knew. So sometimes we, we, we get that gut intuition. And if we're tuned into that which we're not often (laughs) it's it's difficult then and we just plow on then we can we can try and listen to that voice I mean the symptoms are different for everyone so knowing myself a lot better now now I know when I'm getting to that stage and even though I practice what I preach I'm not Not perfect Yeah. yeah exactly and I I get to that point 
I do still get there. And then I think, oh, no. And so I have some symptoms. So I have like, I'll wake up at 5am and I'll be wide awake, can't go back to sleep because my mind has switched on and I'm going through my to do list in my brain. Um, I have a racing heart that, you know, my adrenaline so you, pumping. you know what your kind of early warning signs are. I know are. my early warning signs now. <laughs> my gut health goes, I mean, that was a massive symptom of mine that took me a bit of time to get um, back into balance. But if that flares, then I know that that is a stress that's triggered by stress. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's listening to the body and thinking about those symptoms you have that it's normally the sort of thing I find with clients that you think is normal and you just have to (laughs) live with it so it's never Mm. anything unless you've actually reached burnout which is obviously a whole other thing but if you're creeping towards it um it's normally symptoms that you think are just yeah they're a bit annoying that you just put up with them like underlying fatigue um low energy brain fog um yeah gut symptoms those sort of things that aren't awful but then are just dragging you down (laughs) Mm. Um, and those can be signs that the body is out of balance and this can be caused by stress yeah I think I think it's also you know we can't necessarily ignore the impact of the last two years either and the sort of sometimes it's very hard to differentiate between all of that sort of background stress and anxiety and how much impact you know that is having on us versus other things and yeah let, let's be fair the sort of maybe potentially perimenopausal kind of issues so all of yeah, those things yeah, can exactly. sometimes be kind of hard to to pick apart so it is it's really hard and there's no denying the pandemic has it's like a collective trauma isn't it it's it's just massive and I don't think we appreciate it because we're just trying to get through it mm. um, and we're hopefully coming out the other side but I do think the, the stress of that with everything else be that our health our family our work whatever it is it's, it's a lot it's a lot for our nervous systems to be dealing with over a period of ye- years and you were talking a bit uh, earlier about sort of giving our bodies the time and space for those sort mm. of stress hormones to dissipate um, presumably you're you're mostly talking about cortisol there yeah. when you're talking about that how I know there's no sort of magic formula necessarily but is there a sort of a sense of how much of that downtime a typical Mm. person needs in order to have the opportunity for you know enough kind of rest and kind of respite from to kind of get back on a bit more of an even keel Yeah, it's a really, really good question. Um, I mean, we have two stress hormones. So one is adrenaline, and Mm -hmm. one is cortisol. So adrenaline is our like, adrenaline gets the blood pumping, gets the oxygen going around, gets the heart pumping. That's what we need in that, you know, acute stress moment. And then cortisol is kind of our long term stress hormone, and it keeps it going. So if you're always stressed, like I was, my cortisol was always I mean presumably I didn't test it on an ongoing basis but would have been quite high I did test it a few times and it was it was high Mm -hmm. um but that's what cortisol is doing and what happens is when we're stressed if you think about I always had the analogy of a tiger back in caveman days if we're faced with that tiger then we need our body to react in a stressed way like I want my body 
to react to that tiger because I want to get away from it. So you need that adrenaline and cortisol to start going because we need some energy, which the cortisol will do as well. We need some fuel and we need that blood pumping. That's what we need to run away from that tiger. The problem is the trigger now isn't a tiger. So we're not running away. We're just sat at our desk. So we're not using that energy. wired the same way as if it was a tiger. That's exactly (laughs) it. Our body is still the same. We haven't evolutionary we haven't adapted our stress pathway the same reaction still happens regardless of if you're interpreting that email as a really stressful thing your body will still initiate the same Mm. stress pathways as if it's a tiger because it's your perception of that email as which is as bad as a, a tiger so we're not using that energy and then that energy can get stored around the middle as as weight added weight you know those sort of things that's what I mean when we have these imbalances and the other problem we have from from that is if you were to outrun the tiger there would be a point hopefully (laughs) at which you've outrun the tiger so then you would rest and recover and sit in your cave or whatever yeah Um, and all those hormones kind of come back yeah the hormones come back down exactly they don't they're not there for you know all the time all day every day um and so the problem now is that it's chronic so we have these stress triggers over and over and over and we don't have any rest so we don't recover so stress isn't bad i always say like i'm never saying that we don't ever want to feel stressed and that stress is this awful thing it's natural like your body is meant to respond in this way all the things that happen when you're stressed all these pathways that are activated all the ones that are not so things like digestion reproduction they're not needed when you're trying to get away from that tiger so they mm. um slow down can even shut down like with reproduction those things are natural like your body is meant to do that that's a natural response it's just that what's not natural is that it's over and over and over yeah over we're, we're a, not a long yeah, period of we're time. just not suited to well we're not supposed yeah. to carry that around with us 24 7 exactly so in answer to your question then <laughs> which is a long <laughs> long way around is we don't need to be like a zen buddhist monk you know, every day, we don't need to have be meditating for hours on end to have an effect on our cortisol, we need pockets of time throughout the day where you're telling your body it's safe, that it's it's fine, the tiger has gone, essentially, it's safe to calm down, that's going to have an effect on your cortisol, which will affect all these other bodily systems, um, your digestion, your reproduction, your thyroid, it's going to calm your body down and tell it it's safe. So it could be 10 minutes in the morning, it could be 10 minutes in the evening, it could be a yoga class once a week, it could be reading in the bath, or whatever it is, it just needs to be regular. Short, regular relaxation is probably better than once a week, for yeah. two hours. <laughs> you know, that's still beneficial. <laughs> but you know what I mean, it's like exercise, yeah. it's a little... So enough. all those kind of good intentions that I have of actually having a lunch hour and stepping outside mm. and sitting down and having a cup of tea and... Mm-hmm listening to the birds for 20 minutes I should actually be doing that instead of just saying that I'm going to do it (laughs) yeah yeah that would be brilliant because that's also halfway through the day if your nervous system has gone up a bit you know you're a bit like oh from your morning meetings if you just yeah like you say go outside take some deep breaths even if it's just three have your lunch in a really calm way because that's going to help your digestion as well um it's going to tell your body that it's safe that it's calm and it's going to give you more clarity going into your afternoon. And then you could do the same again at the end of the day. Um, and that, you know, could just be 20 minutes in total 
but your nervous system will feel better for it. Yeah. So um, talk a bit. Can, can we talk a bit more about uh, sort of how you you are working with your clients mm. um, and, and sort of the methodology that you're using to help them with stress and burnout? Yes. Yeah, so I have my everything I do is framed around my four step method, um, which is what works um, with my clients and, and essentially what I did. So the four steps then are calm, nourish, balance and support. And they go in this circle <laughs> because you always have to keep going back round. But they sort of work in order because I always start with calm because even if you make all the dietary changes and we figure out your imbalances and, and work on that, if you're not calming the nervous system, if you're not telling the body the tiger is gone, then we're not going to have much effect. So we've got you can't do the nutrition stuff without working on the nervous system when it comes to burnout because burnout is multifactorial it's never about just one thing it's just my modality is nutrition and that's what I'm working on that kind of foundational body stuff but you've got to do the calm so I always start with the calm and that can be anything like we've just talked about you know relaxation telling whatever it is that tells the body it's calm and it doesn't include watching the telly because that can be relaxing and it is time out and you should Bad news, you know. folks i'm sorry netflix is, uh, <laughs> you can <laughs> and, you table. know i love a, a good um film or a, you know a crappy program you know to switch your brain off but a netflix binge is not going to calm your nervous mm. system down especially if you're watching something particularly <laughs> i don't know violent or action-packed so we always start with the calm and then we come to the nourish which is obviously where we spend the most time mm-hmm. and this is where i'm looking at my clients as individuals so everything I do is personalized and we're looking at what imbalances are going on in this person that we can address with nutrition and lifestyle and food-based supplements so it could be we'll test the thyroid when we're dealing with fatigue the primary ones to look at are thyroid and I test the whole thyroid rather than just one or two markers there's quite well there's about five or six markers so we want to test the whole thyroid if we're dealing with fatigue we want to look at iron to see what that's doing, um, full blood counts and vitamin D. Those are the sort of things I'm looking at to see, is any of this driving that person's symptoms? Is any of this contributing to their symptoms? And can we then address those through supporting the body with the right nutrition for that person? Because what works for one person might not work for another. And I don't go down the route of diets and things like that, because when we're dealing with stress and burnout actually calorie deficits can be not that supportive because your body if your body's already stressed we don't want to then tell the body there's a famine (laughs) because it's It's a a different kind of tiger (laughs) yeah exactly it's a stress state it does put the body into stress so you know that kind of thing fasting that it's supportive for some people but when I'm dealing with stressed burnout women it's generally not so we're working to re-nourish the body with all the nutrients that it needs rather than taking loads of stuff out and making it deprivation based so that's what we're looking at and then we can address the gut as well you know I like I said I had a lot of stuff going on in my gut I had bloating I had constipation just I mean I don't have those now and it it took a while but I did do a stool test and I did find (laughs) quite a lot actually I was quite shocked for a nutritionist I thought oh no so I worked through that by rebalancing the gut and, and helping helping my digestion really because 
it was it was caused by this chronic this chronic stress so working on that and then we can also work on the hormones which when we're dealing with women between you know 30 40 50 year olds we are going to see a hormone we're likely to see hormone imbalances and these can drive things like fatigue weight gain and it can be linked to cortisol so all these hormones are are related yeah so that's how I'm working with my clients then we do the calm and the nourish step we can rebalance the body so that's the third step the balance comes from doing the calm and the nourish and then the fourth step is support and this is where we need a burnout prevention support kit in place and it's different for every client and so we need to find things like passions beyond work because people become so identified by their work they don't have anything else or their kids whatever it is um purpose we need might need other therapies so looking at talking therapies things like this is putting the support in place that the work we've done is not going to come undone that you're going to have that awareness and those tools for life basically sounds great so i will uh share in the podcast notes and also on my website how people can get in touch with you if they'd like to find out more um and also they can find you i think on instagram mm-hmm. and you yep. talk a bit more about what you do on there but yeah and any sort of parting words of advice for us if we're starting think, to feel yeah. a bit frazzled <laughs> i think don't panic <laughs> and and start simple because the other thing is one of my principles of nutrition for stress is that it doesn't become a source of stress so I don't ever want the nutrition and diet advice I give and work with my clients on to become a source of stress Mm. so I don't want them to then panic about what to eat and stress about what to eat Um, that's why we avoid you know restrictive diets I don't want them to spend hours in the kitchen when they don't they already don't have hours Mm. you know a, a bit of time Certainly, maybe an hour on a Sunday to get food in order, do your shopping list, plan your meals, whatever it is, whatever you can do in an hour, but time box it and don't make it a source of stress. So it's kind of the same with the whole methodology I use. I don't want any of it to become another source of stress because that defeats the whole <laughs> the whole point. It's there to support. Yeah, so you've got to build people. it into to your lifestyle mm. and make it manageable and Exactly. So starting simple with things like, like you said, Emma, about just going and just having that lunch break. If that was the only thing you did, had a lunch break from now on, that would really be beneficial. So it's starting really simple and starting from where you're at, not kind of this aspirational, perfect, non-burnout person. It's starting from where you realistically are and what you've got going on. So that would probably be my um, parting words having said everything I've already said but yeah it's so it's so easy to let it slide though isn't it it's kind of first it's one day where I just oh well I'll just do you know this in my lunch hour Mm. and then before you know it you know the whole week's gone Mm. by and and you can look back and think so it's putting it's coming up with strategies maybe so I used to when I was in the employment I used to block out my lunch hour in my calendar so no one ever booked me and if they did they'd be like oh you've got something else on at that time and then I would say well can you find another time for this meeting you're trying to book? Is 12 o'clock literally the only time you can do? Or are you just putting it in? I mean, I didn't say that, but, you know, I would I would question. I wouldn't just take the meeting if yeah. I didn't have to because I wanted to honour the lunch break. And people recognised that when, you know, when I left, they said, oh, we'll always remember, Louise, you always took your lunch break, which I thought was... Um, <laughs> which I is thought, slightly nuts, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> 
but just coming up with strategies like the one hour on a Sunday where you can prep your meals, putting it, making that a regular thing, telling your family you're doing that. It's the strategies to embed the habits is really what's going to get us there. Fantastic. Well, I think it's a, a great place to uh, to come to a close. Thank you so much, Louise, for your time. Thank you again for being patient with me whilst I uh, recognised that I was probably juggling too many uh, plates that, that particular day. Um, but I'm so glad we finally got to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Middling Along podcast. Do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live. And why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well. I do hope you enjoyed listening today. If you did, I'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed. Hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.